0: Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader, Chris Markowski is the watchdog <laughs> on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom.
1: You can't have- the truth.
0: bringing america the truth about what really happens in the financial world ladies and gentlemen we're not here to indulge in fantasy but in political and economic reality this is the watchdog on wall street yes
1: it is welcome everyone ah oh, wow uh, what a week huh what a week a lot of interesting stories uh, a lot of activity obviously on Wall Street, will get into all of the nonsense and the BS that's being uh, uh, shoved out of uh, business newsrooms and publications. And we'll get to the bottom of that. And we also got Washington, D.C., where um, <laughs> i got to be honest with everybody. Are you surprised at the executive orders? Are, are you surprised at all that this is the direction that we were going to be heading in? But anyway. Let's let's talk about the world around us. I I, um one of the things I try to accomplish, I've tried to accomplish over the years, is to give people a an understanding of how the world works. In essence, how how the markets work. What is capitalism? What is the alternative? Um, Years ago, years ago, Warren Buffett put out a. well, it was Essence. It was in his annual report. He wrote it like it was a help wanted. And he talked about um, you know, needing someone to come in and take over for him when he was going to leave. Again, this is some 13, 14 years ago. And he talked about a candidate needing to be programmed, genetically programmed to recognize and avoid serious risks. Including those never before encountered. Other key requirements, independent thinking, emotional stability, and a key understanding of both human and institutional behavior. Again, things that have never happened before. Uh, Nicholas Taleb, I'm a big fan of, talked about here on the program, uh, one of his books, Fooled by Randomness. And this idea that we have actually some sort of control over the world around us. It is, it's patently absurd. It really is. The people, obviously government officials, civil servants, uh, the people you vote for tell you that, you know, they can make it all better, right? thats That's their job. They're there to fix things. We're going to make COVID go away. We're going to bring Jobs back. We're going to turn the economy to a green economy. They think that they have some sort of control over this. You know, it, it, I learned this uh, years ago. I can't remember who, who said this. They, they said that the study of economics is a series of humorous stories about unintended consequences. That's really what the study of economics is funny stories in regards to unintended consequences. I used to talk about the United States capital in the sense it's the cathedral of unintended consequences. Uh, the only thing I would disagree with, with that statement in regards to economics is I, I don't think many of the stories are so funny because people get hurt and people lose their jobs. Do you know that the... Um, The study of economics first started in the 18th century, and it wasn't even economics. It was called political economics, the political economy. And that's it. It was a study of how government and rules and regulations can affect transactions, right? Everything around us. Now, let me give a, a kind of... Explain this regards to a story that's big in the news right now. And we'll get into this further a little bit later on in the program. I think the Keystone XL Pipeline. Now, various different people put out numbers. These are the job losses. Oh, the 10,000 jobs are going to be lost. Or, well, I don't know what the number is. And, and basically what they do is they count. Well, uh, these are the people that are actually working on the, the pipeline. What they do not consider is all the people that are indirectly involved in the construction of that pipeline. Everything from the materials to moving the materials to the the diners to the food trucks that provide the food. There's so many people that are involved. And the construction, the manufacture, the service industry, you cannot get your arms around it. There was a 1950s short story, and I know I've, I've cited this before. My longtime listeners know a story called iPencil, and basically it's, it's about the manufacturer, how the CEO of a pencil company has no concept, no idea the amount of people that are involved in the manufacture of a single pencil. The, the idea that we can have some sort of central planner that can make the economy, the econ- what does it mean? Make it all work? It, it is so absurd. it really is. I, there was a great South Park episode going back it was during the financial crisis, where it, the, the creators of South Park basically made the economy almost like a, a religion. And people were, were, they disrespected the economy, and that's why things were bad. That's why we're having a financial crisis. Again, I, I said, take a look outside your window. Take a look outside your window. Driving in a car, just think about the complexity of everything around you, Mother Nature, and how complex it all is. Think I'm thinking. I live in New York now, and in the fall, leaves change, and the leaves leaves come down. Do Do you think that there's some computer program out there that could accurately predict where all of the leaves on these trees will fall? No. Just as much as there's no supercomputer, there's no central planner that can pick and choose winners and losers. Oh, they can go ahead and they can do it. But it causes a disconnect in the world around us. You understand, think about things for a second. You ever ever think about you know the, the fact that the more that you know, the more the less that you do know? Does that make any sense? You ever think about that, that that concept. I'm trying to get this across to you. Yeah, know, many of us yeah, will get on an airplane, right? We'll get on an airplane. Um I, I, I have a rough knowledge of how turbine engines work. I can't fly a plane. I can't fly a plane. I, I can't manufacture a plane, but I can ride on one. The more that we know as a society, the less that we do know. It's fascinating if you actually think about it. But, but the, the futile idea that, that you, we're going to have and we're going to be able to garner some sort of control Of what's going on and can predict what's going to happen again an exercise in futility I talked about my crystal ball here on the program and you know I can tell you all of these things that are going to happen all these things and all I can put out all of these terrible things and guess what I, I my crystal ball told the past It didn't tell the future, and you take a look at the the market performance over that period of time, and in in particular, my crystal ball, I was citing the period from 1980 to 1990. President gets shot. Interest rates go through the roof. Terrorists, all these things that happen. We want to invest under those conditions. Wow. You take a look at the market performance over that period of time. It's the things that we try to get across and that we grasp and understand that, unfortunately, many people do not. This is why you don't see us panic. You don't see us get wrapped up in fads, in manias. You don't see us losing our head when the markets go in a ridiculous direction. I know, what is it, Clint Eastwood, a man's got to know his limitations. All of us have to know our limitations. And if you're able to do that, you're able to grasp that, you will do well. I've been talking a lot on our, our podcast and also here on the radio show about reality, the terrain. I can't do a damn thing right now. I can't do a damn thing about what Joe Biden and his – well, it's not Joe Biden. It's the people around him, and he's just signing his name to whatever executive order they put in front of him. I can't do a damn thing about it. I can prepare for it, and that's the key, which we we have done. I understand what's happened in the past. I know what I'm going to be dealing with for the most part moving forward. So I act accordingly. So you, don't, you don't see me whining, complaining about I, I. I knew what we were going to get when you got him. Again, it is what it is. I don't like it, but I'll deal with it. Take a look at the performance that we had throughout the Obama years, even the latter part of the Bush years through the Obama years, and you take a look at the indices over that period of time and how poorly investors did. Not us. Not us. Rather than whine about the terrain, we deal with it. So you have to think about these things and who who you're doing business with, who's helping you out. OK, um, did we get involved in GameStop and AMC this? No. No, we didn't. Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to break that down for you. Is, is that something that we normally try to chase? No, we never have. We never will. We, we try to get across people and we want you to understand that when, when you're going to be working with someone who's going to help you prepare Okay, prepare for your future. It's an important decision. And in many respects, I know, whether you want to believe it or not, it's make or break time. It is. I, I, listen, I, every week we get new clients that walk in the door that didn't make a very good decision. Didn't make, and, and it set them back. To some degrees. And it's like, it's like anything else in life. A poor choice has consequences. We deal with them. We work with them. Again, that's the terrain. Throughout the uh, the program today, we're, we're going to talk about various different issues and, and reality. And we're going to bring them in to the stories of the day. Whether it be GameStop. Whether it be the Keystone Pipeline. Whether it be more regulations that are going to be coming down the pike, whether it be, uh, government's desire, government's desire to step in and, and save us from ourselves. Yeah, we're going to talk about that as well and the consequences. Again, consequences of these decisions and these actions that these people are looking to take. Gonna take a quick break. Watchdogonwallstreet.com is our site. And again, we invite each and every one of you to become a part of our family. Uh, Markowski Investments, the Watchdog on Wall Street radio show for three decades now. We've been helping people from all over the country, all over the world for that matter. And um, you can learn more about us. That's all we're asking you to do is get to our website at watchdogonwallstreet.com. Sign up for our personal CFO program. Uh, it's... Comprehensive in everything that we do. You take advantage of everything we have our attorneys, our accountants, uh, the Markowski family. We're here to serve you. So get to our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. We also have a 24 hour a day help hotline, 800 471 5984. Listen, just we'll get back to you ASAP, okay? 800 471 5984 or watchdogonwallstreet.com. Don't go anywhere.
0: This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. I used to
1: be a stone, you know. Welcome back, everybody. A right, um, in a big, big sea, I told you so moment. Um, Again, so we addressed this on the podcast. You've got uh, Georgia voters are very, very upset. Very upset that uh, they're not getting their $2,000. It's going to only be 14 hundred dollars. They were promised their two thousand dollars. Do you understand how dangerous this is? Again, this is what this is what the Democratic candidates they did. They did what went door to door. They sent out union members and representatives and their all their their buddies out there going door to door saying vote for Vote for Warnock, vote for Assoff, and you will get $2,000. Now they're hearing it's $1,400, and they're upset. The, the people going out there were going door to door, they're upset. I was lying to people. I told them it's $2,000 going to be $1,400. I, I don't even think that they're going to get that. But there's, there's also um, the idea out there. You got senior Democrats putting together a plan to give parents $3,000 per child. In a stimulus package, and we, we've had we've had what was it, Marco Rubio and Mike Lee push for tax credits for families to uh, extend them and give more money to families with kids. I, I'm scratching my head with, with this. I'm saying to myself, we want to encourage people to have kids that they can't afford. Is that a good idea? I don't think so. But again, we live in a, a day and age right now where I guess there's some sort of magical, magical tree. Magical money tree somewhere where it will just never end. The money just keeps flowing. It just keeps on. Oh, just keep printing. It doesn't matter. Don't worry. We had Jay Powell this past week. I'm listening to him. Fed comes out, no, we're not going to be raising interest rates moving forward. Our, our focus right now is getting back to full employment. And he had the nerve again to come out and say that there's really no meaningful inflation out there. And I'm so sick and tired of these people telling this. By, by what metric are you telling us that there's no inflation out there? You ask anybody, anyone if the prices of things that they buy on an everyday basis are going up, they're going to tell you yes. Outside, outside of televisions, maybe uh, laptops and certain PCs, not Apple stuff, outside of that, everything is going up. Building materials have gone through the roof. The cost of food continues to go up. Yet we're, we're told that there's no inflation out there. Okay. This, is, this is something you need to take into consideration when you're prepping for life. That you're going to be lied to by the people in charge. And you have to be ready for it. Inflation is nothing more than a tax. If you want to think about it that way. That's all it is. It's just another, another tax in essence. You continue to pay more and more and more, and you take a look at inflation over the years and you also take a look at average wages in the United States over the years and there is a massive disconnect now you've got the advisors for joe biden and i'm going I made this clear during the campaign that um they went the joe biden route they they knew that the far lefties out there the Bootaje, the Kamalas, uh, the Bernie Sanders of the world, they would have had a difficult time getting elected. James Clyburn basically through South Carolina to Joe Biden, gave him the nomination. Do you know what Republican George W. Bush called, said James Clyburn saved the day by doing that? Oh, because you know, Joe's a moderate, right? It's been around for a long time. Joe's Joe's signing stuff that's put in front of him at this point in time. You know, take a look at everything that he's putting out there. Do do, do you think the old Joe Biden would have signed something abolishing the 1776 commission? It's an honest look at our nation's history. The the Joe Biden of today. Yeah, that's the case. But anyway, uh, the people around him, um, guess what? They want to have permanent stimulus. Stimulus nation. We'll get into that when we get back. Watchdog on Watchdog on Wall Again, become a part of our family. Sign up for our personal CFO program. Watchdog on
0: Only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski.
1: There was a uh, there was a, a, a column by uh, Jason Furman. If you're not familiar with Jason Furman, he's a he's a professor at Harvard, and he was the chairman of the uh, White House Council of Economic Advisors. Economic advisors, again, it's funny. If you think about it, I got it. Economic advisors. Hey, you know what? Why don't you just bring in Miss Cleo? Why don't you just get some tarot card readers? Because they're going to be just about as accurate as your economic advisors. Well, anyway, Jason Furman in his piece talking about the stimulus and how we need to make it almost permanent. Permanent. We're going to turn the nation into a place where anything, anytime anything is going wrong, Or we might be facing a recession. All of a sudden, we're just going to start sending out cash to people. Then we won't have a recession. And, And again, we explained recessions to people here. You know, again, everybody fears recession. Oh, we're heading into a recession. Most people don't even know what it is. Two quarters of negative economic growth. That is a definition of a recession. Now, again, we'd like to see economic growth, but at times, guess what? Guess what? Uh, we have situations where things get out of control. And recessions, and I'm going to say it right here now, are healthy. Why are they healthy? They're healthy because it gets rid of the gunk. They, uh, recessions act as a lymphatic system system. All of the, makes companies go and take a look at what they're doing and, and say, well, gee was this is not working. We're going to need to, uh, we're going to need to retool this. It's a healthy function in our economy. And again, you know, we, we take advantage of it. Usually you'll see the markets go down prior to a recession and then they, they tend to go up during the recession because, again, we come out of them. But again, these these people out there—it's almost they, they want—it's almost like Prozac Nation. No highs, no lows. Just listen to us. Just listen to we, the central planners. We're gonna make it all okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just look to us. We're gonna make it all okay. Do, do you honestly believe that? Do you honestly think that they're capable? of doing that. Anyway, these people, again, they can't even figure out a way to get a vaccine out to people in an efficient manner. They couldn't get water bottles to uh, New Orleans during Katrina. They can't run a Department of Motor Vehicles. We have tons of fraud in Medicare, Medicaid, unemployment, whatever it may be, yet they think that they can run a multi-trillion dollar economy and can control the interaction of people on an everyday level, get the hell out of our way. Anyway, again, I've mentioned this before on the program. A a great, you you never get anybody to participate now. I said, Trump needs to bring back his apprentice program you know what he needs to do is he needs to bring on economists. Ivy, they would never do it because they know that they couldn't. Bring on Ivy League economists and politicians and give them seed money and say start a business and see who could make it. See who could start a successful business with all of these economists and wizards of smart out there. Anyway, we got to... um. Uh, we got to get into, uh, well, the, one of the big market stories of the day. We got to talk about the short squeeze and GameStop and AMC and hedge funds and all that good stuff. But you know what? Let's, um, before we get to, let's take a quick break right here. It's a lot we've got to go over. I think it's a good time to do it. We'll get into that when we get back. I do want to remind everybody again take advantage of all the great stuff that we have at our website at watchdogonwallstreet.com in particular our personal CFO program but also all of my columns are there you can sign up for my podcast newsletter all sorts of great stuff watchdog on wallstreet.com or you can give us a call 800-471-5984 that number again 800-471-5984 I just saw
0: You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. All
1: right. First and, and, and foremost, we're going to tackle this, and I'm going to make uh, as much sense out of it as I can for everybody out there. The I, I, first thing you need to know, despite what you're being told by the people on TV and others, this is not new. Okay. What's taking place right now with GameStop and AMC? It's not new. Short squeezes have happened before. It's not a new phenomenon. There's there's some tweaks that make it a little bit different this time, but it's nothing new. This uh, this story I've gotten such a kick out of it because it has so many "see I told you so" elements over the years um, that I've gone over here on the program. The first one I want to address with, it's almost like I'm working backwards to some degree, is the reaction by the powers that be and the regulators. Again, again, you've got the media, you've got idiot journalists, because they are morons. They are, I'd say it right to the face. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Do something! They asked Jay Powell about this during this thing and he kind of sidestepped the que- question well, what the hell does the federal reserve have to do with GameStop and AMC and trading in the markets he should have nothing to do with that oh yeah yeah they, they asked uh, uh Saki the uh the new uh press secretary and oh we got Janet Yellen and top men we got top men working on it right now isn't it funny it's a great scene and the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark there when they, uh, Indiana Jones said, well, what are you doing with this thing? I and mean, government guys, like, we got top men working on it right now. Top men! And rolls away into a, a warehouse. Oh, I'm sure they got an exploratory committee. How about that? Whew. Yeah, we're looking into it. Then, then you get the, you know, Galvin there out of Massachusetts, the regulator there. Oh my God! You know, his, his underwear is in a bunch, he's doing interviews, hair's messed up, doesn't know how to handle this, and we I gotta do something. Um, I, I got an idea. How much you do? Nothing. You have no idea what's going on. None. And you have no control of it. Okay. The reason why you're seeing this clamor to do something is because big money. Big money, some big money guys. Wall Street hedge fund guys are losing. Now, I made this perfectly clear years ago to everyone about regulators. Um, they don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about you. Oh, sure, sure. They'll collect their fines after people have lost a fortune. But, yeah, they do care about people who write checks. Now, let's be honest, people. Who gets bailed out? Who gets bailed out? Who gets taken care of? Oh, yeah. Big banks. They're too big to fail now. Right? They can't fail. I found it hilarious this past week where you had hedge funds. and These guys are all buddies to Sunday. They compete, but they're still buddies with one another. They still go golfing together. They still hang out on each other's 100-foot yachts. One of the big hedge funds out there was down 30% for the month, is getting margin calls, and his other buddy hedge fund guys gave him billions of dollars to help him keep afloat. They don't like the fact that a bunch of small-time investors on a message board got together and conducted a short squeeze, basically buying up a stock that was heavily shorted. It is a technical play. It's not a fundamental play. I'm not a technical guy. I'm a fundamental guy. But obviously, anybody with half a brain in their head can see that there's a problem with our markets. You want a problem with the markets. It's not the kids on the message boards looking to make a quick buck or two. It's the fact that these hedge fund guys are allowed allowed to short companies up to 140% of the float. This is something I railed against here for years, and it's how the big brokerage firms and also big broke, uh, big hedge funds out there manipulate the markets. More on this when we get back. Watchdog on Street.com. Watchdog on com. Again, become a part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Get to our website, personal CFO program, all sorts of great stuff. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. on Wall Street.com. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street. Chris Markowski, bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to the Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. And
1: I, I, I know, I, I know what business I'm in. Yeah, and I, I said it's, it's understanding the world around you, understanding the terrain. And we deal with it. I know what the, the big hedge funds, I know what the big Wall Street firms are capable of doing. I know the type of power that they have. I know how they are able to manipulate the markets. I, I watched it firsthand. I watched it firsthand in, in currency. I watched it in bonds. I watched it in stocks. It's popped into my head. I, I remember oh God, back 2005, 2005, there was a, a big report that was being done on shorting stocks and how uh, the big uh, banks out there were manipulating the markets and they were borrowing shares uh, that, they sh- that shouldn't have been borrowed and they were allowing this to happen where they could put pressure on certain stocks and force the thing down and make it go down. In essence, it's kind of like a, a pump and dump to some degree. Let me again. I want to make sure that everybody understands this. Okay, I have no problem with shorting something. I have a problem when you're allowed to go out and borrow more shares than actually exist. How is that possible? How is that legal? Now a bunch of people on a message board figured it out and put pressure causing massive losses for some major Wall Street players. And what is the first thing that CNBC, uh, the other business stations, uh, the, the uh, major business publications do? They run to the defense of the hedge funds and the big Wall Street players. you see what happened this past week? They actually shut down the message board for a period of time. Shut it down. You can't do that. You can't manipulate the markets like we do. This is stuff that they've been doing every single day. We see it when the markets get extraordinarily volatile and all the high-frequency trades come in, right? And we see markets move, in these parabolic moves in such a short period of time, and we say to ourselves, how is that possible? It's not. It's computerized. And again, it's okay for them to do it right but nobody else and then you get these statements by regulators and top men government officials and big-time business journalists these people they're buying these stocks and they're they're not focusing on the fundamentals what do you think most of the trading that takes place on any given day do you think the computer gives a damn Gives a damn about the fundamentals, doesn't even look at the fundamentals. Yet, yet again, it's okay for them to do it, but then you know, you got a bunch of, bunch of kids on a, a website, they figured out making a couple bucks, they can't. So, what do we learn from this? What do we, we gather from this? Uh, first and foremost, again, I, I, don't, I don't get involved in any of this stuff. The reality of the situation is there's going to be a ton, ton of retail investors that are involved in this GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, Nokia, all these things that are going to get crushed. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. They're going to get crushed. The bottom is going to fall out. Over the years, we've, um, I, we've been pretty astute at calling out uh, companies that we feel are overvalued, major ones, big stories. We were one of the first ones to warn everybody about Enron and how we didn't get it, didn't understand it. Dang it, it didn't make any sense. You know, when I said that it was in in 19, 1999, and, and guess what? The company continued to go up for a year. So if I went out there and I started shorting the stock, knowing that it was, you know, something was wrong with it, I would have to constantly. Uh, you know but, but hit meet margin calls and I'd be dealing with all sorts of issues I, I don't do that it's not that's not what we do but guess what happened enron and we all know countless other times over the years we are great at understanding fundamentals the reality is this is what people need to understand the markets don't need to make sense again we talked first thing I talked about fooled by Randomness. You got to understand that sometimes things don't make any sense. It was what was it? it was Bob Euchre's birthday. I'll give another example. Bob Euchre. I remember the, the Miller Lite commercials. Longtime Milwaukee Brewers uh, uh, play-by-play guy, and uh, well, the, also the movies that he was in there. Major League, and he also guess what? He played baseball, and he yeah, again he wasn't. A-star. I think his, his career batting average was 200. He, he had this funny line. He's, he, he, he actually hit a home run off Sandy Koufax, and he said that he, he feared that that home run off of Sandy Koufax would keep Sandy Koufax out of the Hall of Fame. So Bob Uecker is a guy you know has a 7-, 8-year career. I think he only had 140 hits. Got a home run off of Sandy Koufax. Who knew? Again, random, huh? How the hell did that happen? Again, it's one of the things that you need to understand. You cannot control markets. You cannot control markets. You cannot time markets. That used to be one of the the lines that they taught us when I first started getting involved in the business, working at the big brokerage firms, was was telling people, you need to tell people how great we are at timing markets. (laughs) Really? Really. I, I learned fast that that was impossible. Impossible. Stocks can go up on bad news. Stocks can go down on great news. What you do know over time is that fundamentals matter. They matter. I don't care what anybody tells you. It was a story in the Wall Street Journal this past week. These morons over at the Journal nowadays. The markets are all shaken up. It's different now. Fundamentals don't matter. Really, they don't, huh? Come back to me in, in a few months and tell me that fundamentals don't matter. They do matter. There's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Again, come part of the Watchdog on Wall Street family. Take advantage of all the great stuff we have at our site. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We'll be back. You're listening <laughs> to the Watchdog on Wall Street.
0: Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader, Chris Morkowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of starting off hours with uh, negative headlines and, and negative stories, and I, I got you know quite a stack of them here from uh, the two-track jobs recovery that we're seeing right now, the job losses in 2020. Uh, again, obviously far higher in states that love lockdowns. 20% of renters in America behind on their their payments. Um, story after story after story about restaurants shutting down and not opening again. It's like an obituary for crying out loud. And again, as someone that loves to go out to eat, that, I, that listeners here of the program, they come to areas that I, I I live or I know. I love sharing with them restaurant tips. Some of my favorites are not going to reopen. Sharpest United States sharpest rise in poverty rate in more than fifty years. Um, I, I, listen, I can go on and on and on here. The realities in regards to mortgages and forbearance and what's taking place. You know, I, I again, I. Too many people out there look to the government and think that they're going to be able to fix things and make things better. I don't know if that makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that scene in uh, Tommy Boy, where um, the guy from the auto, the auto parts, uh, the auto parts store, I, the uh, wants to buy uh, the brake pads from Zelensky because he puts a guarantee on the box, puts a guarantee on the box. And uh, Chris Farley's Tommy Boy character talks about the guarantee, the guarantee on the buy. Oh, it makes you feel all warm funny fuzzy inside, right? Oh, yeah, it makes you feel great. But uh, again, what did he say? He said that I could take a, uh, a you-know-what in the box and sell it as guaranteed, and then I'd sell you a guaranteed box of you-know-what. Follow my drift. They tell you these things and they fail again and again and again. Um, uh, How is it? how, How is it possible? Kind of get your arms around this. How is this humanly possible that the director, our new director, the CDC, has no idea how many vaccines we have on hand? How is it possible that we don't know, governors of states don't know how many school teachers have been vaccinated? I can go on and on and on, and you can just look at the utter incompetence. I actually thought it was a joke this past week, but I I, I went and watched the video. It happened. It happened. Anthony, Dr. Anthony Fauci, highest paid federal government worker, was on one of the morning programs. What was it? Was it the Today Show? I, I can't remember. Telling people that maybe wearing two masks might be a better thing. And you know, the, the first thought in my mind was, was wasn't Fauci in, in charge of the AIDS thing? At any point in time, did he tell people to wear two condoms at the same time? Just curious. All of the lockdowns, all of the shutdowns, everything that we've been told um, by the powers that be uh, have been wrong. Been wrong. The whole trust the, trust the science crap. Yeah, well, why don't you take a look at California's numbers? Why don't you take a look at New York's numbers? Why don't you compare to what's, what's taking place in those states and compare them to states like Florida and Texas? And I don't understand, people, why you can't say, you know what, we're wrong, let's go in a different direction. Yeah, that's a sign of maturity is to actually admit when you're wrong. Well, what do you think I do as a uh, financial advisor to my clients? Let's say we get it wrong in someone's portfolio. Let's say the fundamentals change. We think everything's going great with the company, but the fundamentals change in a company. Do, do we hold on to that company when the fundamentals aren't strong, or do we sell it? Talk it up as a mistake. Limit your downside and get out. No, we're not capable of doing that when it comes to government. Anyway, with all that's, that's taking place, all of these stories out there, there is a you know, the reality here in this country, and I don't believe a lot of people out there preaching, preaching, telling everybody that, hey, it's going to be like the roaring 20s again. Everything's going to come roaring right back. Yeah, everybody's going to go on vacation. A lot of people are going to go on vacation, people that can afford it, the people that haven't been affected by COVID, but many have. Yeah, even Jay Powell in his statement said he thinks unemployment rates are around 10%. I'm sorry, it's higher than that. It's much worse than that. And I being someone who's a small business advocate, a small business owner, has small business owner, clients from all over the country, I understand that it's not as simple as flipping a switch. It's not. Many establishments out there have exhausted their funds. What do you think? It's, it's going to be nothing? It's going to be free for them to open up? You think everything is going to come just back? It's uh, right back, turn right, right on? No. No. And we're going to be dealing with issues over the years. Um, There's also on the opposite side, too. You get a lot of the experts out there that have been you know, predicting the sky is going to fall a year after year after year. And what do we try to teach you on the opposite end of that? You know, Never bet on the end of the world it's going to only happen one time. What what I do know, and what we have experienced with people over the years, is that they make poor choices. Human beings, the psychology of human beings, is that they 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 buy high and they sell low, which is the exact opposite. Obviously, with you know, you think about it, what you can do. I mean, what's going on? Hey, let's, for example, right now, you take a look at the psychology of people saying, I I gotta get involved in, I gotta get involved in some of these, these short stock things. I gotta get on the message board. These people are, wow, they're making money right now. I, I gotta get involved in that right away. It's, uh, it's called hurting. Hurting. Um, it's copying the behavior of other people, even in the face of unfavorable outcomes. Yeah. People make bad mistakes. And actually, I took a look. I was looking at some of the numbers at how well investors perform over the years in comparison to the, the actual markets. And the underperformance is extraordinary. And I'm just, taking, I'm just taking the index. Take the S&P 500. S&P 500, over a 30-year period of time where the S&P 500 may have shown 11 12% the underperformance by investors is extraordinary. The average investor would only see three. How is that? Why is that, do you think? Why do you think that is? Oh, well, I talk about it every year. It happens at the beginning of the year. Uh, hot stock funds for 2021. And who is the top performers over the past three months? Who gives a damn? Who gives a damn? Uh, it, it's who are the top performers over the past several decades is what matters. Uh, you can look at this in, in basically anything in life if you really want to think about it. I, I talked about this in terms of, of books. Now, I, I, love, I love the classics. You might want to take a look at books that, guess what, stand the test of time. How about that? You know, the bestseller, the bestsellers of today might not be the bestsellers uh, 20, 30 years from now, but there's consistently certain books that people will continue to read, and there's a reason for that. Also, look at restaurants. What's the hot new restaurant in town? I'm going to a city. I'm going to a city I've never been to before. And I'm getting advice in regards to, you know, what are the what are the top restaurant, what what is the top restaurant town? Well, this is the new hot restaurant in town. No, 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 no. I don't I don't want to know the new hot restaurant in town. I want to know the restaurant, the great restaurant that's been doing it for a long time. There's a reason why they're still around. There's going to be people that are going to come. There's going to be wizards of smart that come on TV. They're going to give you some sort of shortcut give you some sort of shortcut, telling you that they've got some new way. How many of these things have I seen over the years throughout my career? How many times? New paradigm, new economy. Oh, this is the way you do it in real estate. We've got some algorithm. We've got some hedge fund. The reality of the situation is that everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, time and effort just that simple and again i i I, my portfolio my portfolio that i have if i uh, if i look at my portfolio maybe twice over the course of the year it'd be a lot i i, I i'm prepared i know what i'm doing and, and guess what guess what if a major market sell-off occurs like it did back in March am I going to look at my portfolio that month no no I I, I may if rotate some of that cash position like no I will rotate some of that cash into things that have been beaten down taking advantage of the debt you don't you don't I'm not not saying set it and forget it by any stretch of the imagination. You have to obviously constantly trim positions little by little. Obviously, I've set up ways that I do that automatically, so I don't have to look at it. And everybody's situation is unique and different. But beware of all these people out there that are, are trying to tell you that there's some new way, some better way. What has always worked? What has always worked? That's what we go with. Yeah, I believe that there are certain, you know, laws of the universe that are always applicable. You might be able to fool them for, you know, a certain point in time. Like I say, you'll see run-ups, and companies don't make any sense whatsoever. Any sense whatsoever. But again, it will correct. Get your get your house in order when it when it comes to this stuff, and again, look at look at not so much financial planning, look at it as more of a process. look at it as, as preparation that as training to some degree. I, I guess it might be another way you might want to look at it. expect the un expect because it's going to occur. And again, when it does, you deal with it. And I invite each and every one of you to get to our our website, uh, watchdogonwallstreet.com and sign up for our personal CFO program. We've got all sorts of great stuff there. Take advantage. Uh, My columns going back a decade, a couple decades and a half and then some uh, our our, our newsletter, uh, all sorts of great stuff. All my television appearances, Watchdog on Wall Street. Dot com. Take advantage. We also have a 24-hour day help hotline. That's
0: 800-471-5984. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street.
1: All right. You couldn't make this up. You really couldn't. Um, Rhode Island. Rhode Island was was ranked among the top five worst places to do business in the United States. And uh, this was under the uh, the, the, uh, gubernatorial, this Governor uh, Gina Raimondo. Do you know what Gina's doing now? She's Commerce Secretary. Couldn't make it up if I wanted to. So you you hire the governor from a state for commerce uh, uh, Commerce Secretary from a state who was ranked one of the, the fifth worst in the entire country. Again, couldn't make it up if we wanted to. But again. I'm giving everybody reality here. I know we've got people on the left and the right. Um, I think we've were all, got to all be in agreement right now that Biden's not calling the shots. He's not making these decisions. They parade him out from time to time. He says a couple words, and he signs off on stuff that they tell him to sign off on. That's where we are. One of the things that um, he signed off on uh, this past week is uh, more regulations. More regulations. I, I wrote a, a column oh man, I don't know, what was it uh, five, six years ago, entitled uh, "Lilliputians on Steroids." This was during the Obama administration and talking about all of the onerous and ridiculous regulations. That we have here in this country. This is, this is a major issue, major issue. And it's going to be really tough. And again, this is why I'm, you know, I'm telling people you need to be cautious. This idea, this roaring twenties economy, I think is nuts. I do. It's going to be more difficult for small businesses to start up. I, listen, I know this. Okay. I'm, I'm in one of the most heavily regulated businesses out there. And guess what? I deal with it. Okay, I don't care how stupid the regulations are. I have no choice but to deal with it. But I, I mentioned this on the program that you know, adjusted for inflation, the amount of money that I had that I needed to start Markowski investment Markowski investments des- decades ago, um, if I you know adjusted for inflation and had it today, I couldn't do it because it would just be too expensive. I couldn't afford the regulatory costs. And again. We've talked about this here on the program, understanding regulatory capture. Understanding that certain businesses out there have no problem paying for the regulations. They have no problem paying fines. They have no problem. It's a cost of doing business for them. And guess what? It is a level that small businesses can't pay, so they're kept out. So these big businesses are, for all intents and purposes, protected by rules and regulations. They love this stuff. They don't care. You know, it's funny how cowardly Congress has become. One um, of the founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, who who wanted a robust executive wanted a robust presidency, wouldn't be able to stomach what he sees going on today. We're told, we tell our kids in civics class that uh, um, Congress makes the laws. Congress makes the laws. And I always go back to the uh, uh, schoolhouse rock Saturday morning cartoon I'm just a bill, just an ordinary bill, sitting there on Capitol Hill in the process of turning a bill into law. Congress doesn't do that. You know, out, outside of holding investigations, impeachments, and uh, raising money, what exactly does Congress do? All of the, the regulating in this country comes out of this, not not the Capitol, it comes out of the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. That's right. One of the most powerful. You think the United States Capitol is powerful? No, 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 no. Not in the United States of America today. It's the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. That's where you have people that make the rules and regulations the judges and jurors when it comes to these regulations. Think about how sick that is. How far away that is from the American ideal. But it's great business. You're asking, Markowski, what the hell business are you talking about? Well, it's Washington, Inc. It's the... Business of Washington. That—that's—that's that's what it is. I mean, if you were to ask people out there, hey, what are, you know, what are the big businesses here in the United States? What do you think is the biggest business in the United States? Most people wouldn't guess the business of Washington. We'll get a little bit further into this when we get back. Watchdog on Wall Watchdog on Wall Again, take advantage of all the great stuff we have. Right there at our website, watchdog on or give us a call, 800 471
0: 5984
1: Chris Markowski
0: is the watchdog on Wall Street. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street.
1: Does does anybody think think that, you know, if Biden was the president, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that he would have uh, abolished the 1776 Commission? Do you you honestly think that the the real Joe Biden feels that, uh, you know, the the proper study and and history of how this country was founded is offensive and counterfactual? Did you? No, 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 that's it's it's the he's Lady Eloise now. He's just the name on the package. But anyway. Business of of Washington. Okay. Um, what do they do? What do they build? What do they create in Washington? Regulations, rules, laws, taxes—you name it—and everybody, everybody is involved with this business. It's and again, it's big business. You write rules and regulations, certain things in gray areas, and you have the attorneys that fight for the corporations, and the money gets. Swished around, and this is why 7 out of the 10 wealthiest zip codes in the country surround Washington, D.C. It's pathetic and sad. It's a disgrace. And make no bones about it, the founders of this country would think it was a huge disgrace. This is not who we're supposed to be. Maybe if Congress didn't spend 80% of their time raising money, maybe doing their job, Things would be different, but they're, they're they're again they're pushing this right now. Yeah, yeah Chuck Schumer would be the uh, Senate Majority Leader. He doesn't want to legislate. Want to deal with any of that? He wants to hold press conferences and impeachment hearings and investigations. That's much more exciting TV. You know the normal business of legislating that just makes it on C-SPAN. The other stuff, guess what? That the other stuff makes the six o'clock news, makes the twenty-four hour news stations. Anyway, I have to talk about this as well. Again, I mentioned how we, as you know, what we do for a living, we have to deal with, we have to deal with the terrain, we have to deal with what's out there. This is why we actively manage people's money. No, we don't trade. That's not. We're not traders, but we have to deal with what's. Out there, and again, we're looking at a situation that uh, very similar to what took place during the Obama administration, and we're going to see job losses in certain areas, and we're going to see issues when it comes to certain areas of the economy. There's there's no doubt about it. Okay, this past week, though, I I do have to to talk about this. I I got, I got a little upset. I have empathy, people. Okay, I have a great deal. Of empathy. I, I, I have to deal with, well, we've dealt with people over the years that have lost, you know, their finances, their, their money based upon bad advisors and bad brokers. And we've done everything and anything to help them out. And then I remind everybody when I first started on air, now people think I get, I'm hot and bothered now, and you, you see me get passionate and yelling here. Back when I started this radio show, I used to yell a hell of a lot more. I mean, a hell of a lot more. I had to tone it down. It was, out of, it was getting out of control. Given it, you got to understand what I was dealing with. And it's the time a lot of penny stock firms out there and people losing everything and crying to me, and I was dealing with all that, and I'm yelling and screaming on the radio program, trying to warn people about who these crooks were. And several years later, I, I, I took a different approach completely. That's when the show was an hour. We expanded to to three hours and doing stuff on a daily basis as well. I, I, I took a different approach. You know, I am a big believer in personal responsibility here. I said here in the program, you become an adult in life when you own it. You own it. You accept the consequences. Accept the consequences of your actions. You accept the consequences of your choices. And you need to make wise choices. Choose wisely. Elections have consequences. They do. They have consequences. And Do I, I feel bad for all of the, um, the people that are losing their jobs because they're shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline? I do. I have empathy for them. But, but at, at some point in time, some point in time, and I'm quoting that, I forget the name of the general who they sent down to New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina. You have to get off of stuck on stupid. And, and, and listen, okay. Uh, I'm not Mary Poppins. No spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. Your union endorsed Biden. Your union, the, the, you know, that you give dues to out of your paycheck. You know, you vote for those union leaders. They endorsed Biden. Biden said he was going to shut down the XL pipeline. You think that was a good choice? Got to take a quick break. Watchdog on Watchdog on Don't go anywhere. We'll be back.
0: The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski.
1: Oh, Jesus. Ah, yes. Oh, summertime too Little Doobie Brothers here bringing back uh, some memories. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. I have to read this. I have to read this. Again, again. We are a show that believes in personal responsibility and owning it. You, you had this... Mark McManus. Mark McManus is the president of the United Association of Union Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. Saying Biden has chosen to listen to the fringe activists instead of the union members and the American consumer on day one. Biden signed off on closing that thing down on day one. But, but McManus this past summer came out. The union gave Biden money endorsed joe biden talked about his uh, putting ua members to work and fighting for fair wages and good benefits that's what we're going to get under a Biden administration when are you people that are members of unions when are you going to get it huh you're going to get it you think that they care about you no they don't they're making a hell of a lot more money than you are they care about their standing you didn't make a poor choice. You didn't make, actually, you didn't make a good choice. You made a poor choice. Now you got people in New Mexico bent out of shape because of the uh, oil and gas suspension and and the, the the drilling that's going to be put to a halt. What did you think was going to happen? The state of New Mexico voted for Biden again. Elections have consequences. Man, look at some of these other idiotic things they want to put forward. I guess Biden's now looking at uh, mandating COVID-19 testing for domestic air travel. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? You're you're going to actually try to make this. Do you understand how ridiculous this is? Then you had union uh, teachers in Chicago and other places around the the country. Oh, no, 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 we're not going back to work. We're not going back to work. It's not safe. And who do you have? White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Yeah, it's not safe. Every, by every metric, it's safe. But no, 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 no. We want to sit home on our fat butts and not go into school. And they keep saying, we want to be back in the schools. No, you don't. No, you don't. All they're doing is they're holding out for more money. That's it. Send, pour more money into that hole and to see who is going to get it, how it's going to be dispersed. That's all it is. You're going to need more plexiglass. Is that it? What a load of bunk. Hey, you got this one. Got this one. And I don't know why anybody's surprised by this at all. Okay. Um, It's going to be coming soon to a theater near you is um a mileage tax it's coming okay they're gonna have to raise money somehow for for bridges and roads and uh pete Buttigieg, who's the uh, transportation transportation secretary says yeah gasoline tax is uh possible but i'm telling you right now it's going to happen sooner rather than later um, you're going to have that day, I don't know, maybe it'll be, maybe they'll do it along with tax day, where you're going to actually have to show how many miles you drove over the course of the year, and you're going to be taxed based upon that. Oh, yeah, these, again, these are not new ideas. These were things that they were stirring up there in the Obama administration. Got to finish these things off, right? Watchdog on com. watchdog on com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to The
1: Watchdog on
0: Wall Street. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski.
1: You know, it, it's sad that um, yeah, if you don't have more conservatives out there, more, well, it's Republicans, it's, they're not necessarily conservative. Again, it's almost like the uniparty we have right now. But um, yeah, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Pat Toomey, uh, Todd Young, Rick Scott, Mike Braun pushing for a constitutional amendment for term limits for members of Congress. Uh, what is it? It's, um, two six year terms for the Senate, three two year terms for the House. Listen, I, I would even go further. I-, I would, I would say, Hey, listen, you just get, you know, 12 years altogether. And I-, I would also include that for the presidency too. Yeah. I would get in, get out. And one of the more important things that we need to add to that is you have to get termed out of Washington. You cannot become a part of Washington Incorporated. You can't. You've got to get out of the business of Washington. Go home. Go home. Go back to where you came from and start a business. Be productive. You can't work in the swamp. That'd be great. But then again, you you think, that's, that's it. That's all I got for out of the Republican Party. That's it. Six people? Six people. That's it. They should be jumping all over this. If they really cared about the country and what was best for the country, they'd they'd be involved with that. They'd be pushing for that. But no. No. Um, Oh, you know, kicked off this uh, past week uh, is Davos. Yeah, not getting as uh, much fanfare as it usually does where all of the – uh, all of the big wigs from around the globe and the big businesses and all the leaders out there are going to organizing so they can tell us how we can live our lives. Um, Davos has gone virtual and we're seeing everyone from Xi Jinping from China address. We had Vladimir Putin say a few words. I wonder if Biden's going to. I, I wonder. I'll be curious. It would. Again, the, the Davos crowd has been you know, trying to engineer how the planet should work so they obviously can make a ton of money um, for themselves, and they've been doing it for a long time. And, and let's be honest, they've been successful. They have. Their agenda has worked for them. Again, it, they, they put it out there. It's, we care, and it's going to be sustainable. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the program some of the, the great reset stuff that they're trying to push. And again, it's, it, to me, it's, it's a dystopian nightmare. It really is. Anyway, uh, i us talk about this. I know I've mentioned it before on the program. Here's another area of the market where there's a major disconnect. The whole blank check firms, the SPACs that are out there. Um, You've got to be very, very careful. These special purpose acquisition companies, all they are, buy a shell company up, fill it full of cash, and then the whole purpose of the special purpose acquisition company is to acquire a private company, therefore making it public. Now, why, why are they doing this? Why not just go public? Well... Oftentimes, you, you go public, you've got to disclose information, right? Before you go public. Yeah, there's loopholes you've got to jump through. Again, um, a lot of the old way, I will say the old way, um, the more recent way of funding companies, laddering up stocks over a, a period of time and then taking them public, has fallen somewhat out of favor, especially after the WeWork debacle. So the investment bankers and the powers that be have got to come up with another way that they can make a fortune, that they can get rich quick. Again, I, I, I've talked about this here on the program. Um, yeah, if, listen, you know, if you had an ethical bypass at birth, Wall Street, in many respects, is a great place for you. It is. Again, did they write the rules and regulations? And they make this stuff that most people would consider basically armed robbery. Um, They make it legal. They make it okay. And who ends up getting caught holding the bag as the individual investor? But you don't have to. Okay, you don't have to participate in this stuff. If too many people do. And again, this is gonna, again, this is gonna see many of these, uh, SPACs blow up. Not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Um, talk a little bit about this too. Here's another example. Another example of just, you know, kind of how Wall Street works and how they protect themselves. Saw the story this past week and how, uh, AT&T, AT&T booked a 15.5 billion dollar charge loss on its direct TV unit. And I laughed because we made fun of this. I remember making fun of AT&T here on the program when they bought Direct TV. I said, Are "They kid me?" This is one of the dumbest buys ever. And I've seen a lot of dumb buys. I remember making fun of AOL Time Warner? Oh my god, what a disaster. How is it that all these people that are supposed to be so much smarter and brighter than all of us, how do they make mistakes like this? Stuff that's, that's pretty obvious to anybody with half a brain. Again, what's their downside? No downside? There are people at an AT&T that were involved in buying, the oh, no. You know, listen. They probably made, made uh, good friends with some of the investment bankers behind the deal. Got to use their uh, corporate jet or their, their their boat, whatever it may be. Eh, the deal doesn't work out. Eh, so be it. Stock will take a hit for a period of time. Shareholders get hit. But guess what? I'm still a millionaire 100 times over. That's not, my friends, that's not capitalism. Do you understand? It's not how it's supposed to work. Hey. Hey. But again, like we say all the time here on the program, it is what it is. Watchdogonwallstreet.com, watchdogonwallstreet.com, our personal CFO program. Take advantage of all the great stuff that we have at our site. Watchdogonwallstreet.com or give us a call, 800-471-5984.
0: Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street.